Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Don't you love these fun starts? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> anyway, hey everybody. Happy Friday. Or Friday. Friday. Happy Friday. It's Friday. Just so you know. So I want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. If you're a brand new listener, well, lucky for you, you came in on the day that we have zero things planned except fun. So... Thank you for joining us. I am your sweet and lovable host, Stacy Lynn Harp. And your mic is clipping. That's I don't know why. This story's a little when you get loud. Alright, how is that any better? And why is it my nose always itches when I go on air? I swear. I anyway. don't know, it's still um still distorting a little when you get higher there? volumes. Well that's the music but how about that? Nope. I don't know. Anyway, hey, we are a two-person production here at Bible News Radio. I am the star. Yeah, I am. The better looking of the two of us. Yep. The highly educated one. Yep. (laughs) But he got me. Yeah, he did. I got him. We got each other. Which is completely improper English. But I think you know what we're talking about. Yeah, you do. Anyway, thank you for coming in. I hope you guys enjoy our show today. I actually do have some interesting news coming out of Texas. Oh my gosh, so if you know of anybody in Texas, you need to let me know who they are so I can talk to them. So do me a favor and share this out. And uh, also, pray for my foot, would you? My left foot. (sighs) It's in lots of pain at the moment. Mm. Yeah, it is. So if I look like I'm in pain, it's because my foot is in pain. Yeah, it is. I was music. Happy go lucky. Anyway, hey Stephen, Dr. John, Diane, Pastor Percy, Melanie. I think that's it. I think that's all that's here. All right. And other people who I don't know are here. Yeah, for some reason, Facebook stopped on us. Really? Yeah. Facebook is evil. Facebook is kind of of the devil in a way, just so you know. starting to begin, just so you know. Okay. All right. Yeah, you know, Facebook is actually in the news. You know why? Because Facebook is spiking stories that they're claiming are spam. I'm going to give you a perfect example of that. So yesterday, I shared with my friend Vicky that there was this uh, story about how giraffes are being killed, and they are, um, they're using giraffe skin to make Bible covers, and, and the bottoms of their feet and their legs to just, as things to give away, and blah, blah. Anyway, all these things that, that I guess you would use an animal for, you know? 
they're doing it with giraffes and it's legal, right? So knowing how much Vicky loves giraffes, I decided I was going to share this article with her. And so I shared it on my page and I tagged her in it. And probably like a half hour later, I get this message from, from Facebook telling me that they removed my post and they marked it as spam. And they wanted to know, um, you know, if, if it was spam or not, if I had, or, or if I had actually posted it. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. This doesn't have anything about the gay agenda in it or anything. <laughs> it's just like, this is a stupid article about giraffes. And uh, anyway, so I marked not spam and all that. And then after that, I went to the Drudge Report. And sure enough, there was this article over there on the Drudge Report titled something like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to look for it right now. But it was, yeah, here it was. Facebook censors more stories. So I clicked over that and I looked at it and it was basically talking about, well, the article is Facebook censors articles from conservative outlets about Manafort and Cohen. So this really had more to do with political issues with the whole big thing going on with Trump. And don't, don't, don't think for a minute I'm not aware of what's going on with Trump and all these things and the, you know, the way they want to impeach him and blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's really not... I figure everybody else is talking about it. Why should I? I don't have to talk about it. It doesn't edify me any. Anyway, uh, so yeah, who would have thought that an article about giraffes would have been considered spam? And, you know, Facebook actually is spiking a whole bunch of people's stuff. And I always tell people, you know what? If you like our show, follow it. And then make just just make sure that you can get it. In fact, get on my text message list because then you'll be texted. I will text you, hey, like I did right here, like five minutes before showtime. I said, hey, join my text message list. You can type in Bible News and text the term Bible News to 33222. And then whenever I send out a text message, it will come right to your phone within like seconds of me sending it out. So you know that we're on. And, you know, the email isn't getting hidden. It's not going to a spam folder. The text message goes right to your phone. And you get it. Facebook, they hide everything. I have almost 3,700 likes on my Facebook page. And on average, maybe 100 people will get to see it. And of those 136 to 50% click, which tells you something, right? What it tells you is that if all 3,600 people actually got to see my show go through, then probably 1,800 people would be tuning in on Facebook. But no, they don't want want to do that. So anyway, so that's my complaint for the hour. But anyway, I want to welcome you all here. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, Randall is here. He's ready to commentate, aren't you, Bearface? Um, of course I am. And, and you know, with with Periscope, also I'm going to say one other thing too. With Periscope, what we have 5,500 followers on Periscope right now. There's seven people in our room that I can see. Wait, I'm going to check click on it. 43 people. Okay, so explain to me why. We have been on Periscope since the beginning. We're a bronze star on Periscope. Explain to me why only 43 people have seen this show if Periscope and Twitter are not also spiking our show. Especially, and I'm going to bring this up, and it's not because I'm jealous. It's because I'm making a point. You're my, just envious. My friend Jennifer Fee, Dr. Jennifer Fee, who I love and adore, 
She has fewer followers than I do on Facebook and on Periscope. And she actually uh, doesn't broadcast every single day like we do. She talks about psychology issues all the time, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But Periscope has highlighted her and featured her, what, like six or seven times now. And they've given her actually, like, the gold star. And she does not get the numbers. Like, she initially wasn't getting the numbers that. So, anyway, I... Anyway, she messaged me, I can't believe I was featured again. And she actually thinks that it's completely unfair that we get treated the way that we do on Periscope, too. So, I I am of the belief, honestly, that it is a conspiracy. And, uh, and I think it's a conspiracy against trying to get good, conservative, and biblical Christian news out there on these platforms. Again, they're not a Christian platform. So, you know, the fact that we're even on here and five people can see, can see is a miracle, right? Yeah, they deflate numbers. They, yeah, uh, John is saying we need a conservative Facebook and Twitter. Periscope keeps under reporting numbers. They deflate numbers. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, John, we were getting on average like 700 people coming into our, our show. And if those numbers were consistent, we would have been given the silver star by now. Um, but we have actually been here uh, on Periscope for three years. And at the beginning of the year, I saw my numbers get like declined, cut in half. And, you know, and we haven't changed anything. We haven't changed what we talk about or anything. And you would think with some of the hot topics that we discussed, there would be gazillions of people in here. And they're not. But then I look at people like Alex Jones, who have millions of followers. And then I see they he only has like 700 or maybe a couple thousand people coming in his room. So again, they're they're spiking, you know, his stuff too. So I guess it's all relative, right? When you don't have millions of people that know who you are on purpose because the platforms won't let you know. On my Twitter account, I have almost 12,000 followers. When I send out a tweet, maybe 40 people see it. Explain that, right? I mean, seriously, because it will show you the thing. I've seen multiple conservative scopers target. Yeah, there have been. And I am one of them, right? I'm totally one of them. You guys know. Because when we do a good topic or have a good guest, there's lots of people in here. And so we've been averaging probably, depending on the topic, uh, we average probably about 400 viewers a show. When I do the the homosexuality topic, like we had, uh, when I did the marketing of homosexuality to America, uh, we had a thousand people come in on Periscope on that one. And then... The last other shows that we did, it was between 500, I think, and 800 or 700 people on that. And don't tell me that nobody doesn't want to know about that topic because it's a hot topic. Everybody wants to know about it. Um, <clears throat> so, so again, it's just part of the world we live in. And part of the problem with the fact that, um, you know, everybody keeps saying we need a conservative Facebook. We need, a, we need a Christian this. We need a Christian that, blah, blah. You know what? The people with the money, they who are Christians and stuff, they're not interested in putting it back towards all that stuff. That's why we don't have it, you know. You know the the billionaire Christians do not have, uh, they don't put the money, you know, where where they could. And then of course, even if they did, what type of government regulations would be passed so that they couldn't even do some of the stuff that they do? I mean, that's what they're doing with Alex Jones right now. Right? I mean, he's independent, and so far they haven't banned him on Periscope or Twitter yet, but they want to, you know. So, 
Anyway, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that it is kind of interesting when, you know, the Lord of the Flies, who is the devil, you know, he will do whatever he can to silence people. So I always look at it this way. I, I try to think, you know what? The people that God wants in our show will come into our show. And Lord willing, they will share it out with some of their friends. And, you know, it's kind of like we are the resistance. <laughs> if you learn about who we are, it's because God allowed you to know who we are, right? But that's hard to sell to advertisers because they, you know, they don't know who you are. So anyway, speaking of that, yesterday at the end of my show, uh, I played an advertisement uh, for my sister-in-law's book uh, that, you know, she is selling. She actually wrote it a couple of years ago, but she wanted to help support our show. And so she, she actually paid me to promote this book for her for a couple of times. So we want to play that for you again. This is actually my sister-in-law's Not right now. Uh, as soon as Randall can get it ready, <laughs> we'll, we'll do it. Um, and hi, Dana. And I see here's Diane. I think she just left. <laughs> anyway, I do want to let you guys know, if you have a, a service or a book or anything that you want advertised on our show, it would be a really good place to do that. I'm very affordable. And, uh, you know, and we are always trying to, you know, figure out ways to get revenue. So if you have something you want that will stick in a show forever, it will be on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, and also like 12 different platforms for audio. Uh, you know, if it's your church, you want somebody, you want a church mention or something like that. Anything that I think is, you know, that will fit with our audience, preferably, you know, we can direct them somewhere online because this is all online. Then get in touch with me and consider advertising with us because that would definitely help. Um, let me know when you're ready. Um, I will let I'm you know. Go ahead and block that guy. Also, I can't say hi to you. Oh, you're here. Cheryl's here. Hi, Cheryl. Okay, so my my friend Cheryl is here, and uh, she is in Texas. Well, not right now. She's in Ohio. But speaking of that, okay. So, well, let me tell you this. So, don't leave, Cheryl. you got to hear this, okay? And there's Sylvia Sulin over on Periscope. Okay, so I got this, uh, this um, article. You don't have to worry about bringing this up, Randall. You can do your other thing. Uh, my friend Vicky sent me this article right before the show. Did you guys hear this news? Listen to this. Millions of Texas voter records exposed online. This, this article is over on TechCrunch.com. It was posted yesterday. Over 14 million detailed voter records were found on an unprotected server. Listen to this. A massive trove of voter records containing personal information on millions of Texas residents has been found online. The data, a single file containing an estimated 14.8 million records was left on an unsecured server without a password. Oh my gosh. Texas has a 19.3 million registered voters. So I guess like 5 million or so didn't get, didn't actually get discovered. Anyway, it's the latest exposure of voter data in a long string of, secure, of security incidences that have cast doubt on political parties' abilities to keep voter data safe at a time where nation states are actively trying to influence elections. TechCrunch obtained a copy of the file, which was first found by a New Zealand-based data breach hunter who goes by the pseudonym Flash Gordon. Gotta love it. <laughs> 
Who am I? I'm Flash. <laughs> it's not clear who owned the server where the exposed file was found, but an analysis of the data reveals that it was likely originally compiled by Data Trust, a Republican-focused data analytics firm created by the GOP to provide campaigns with voter uh, data. Uh, Chris Vickery, director of cyber risk research at security firm UpGuard, analyzed a portion of the data. And it says here, it was Vickery who found a larger trove of 198 million voter records last year, exposed by similar data firm Deep Root Analytics, which sourced much of its data from Data Trust. A spokesperson for Data Trust declined to comment on the record. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> The file, close to 16 gigabytes in size, contained dozens of fields, including personal info like voter's name, address, gender, and several years' worth of voting history, including primaries and presidential election. Granted, much of the data is public. According to the Texas Tribune, that kind of voter data in Texas is already obtainable for a fee, but information relating to individuals' political affiliations and party memberships is not. Sam Taylor Communications Director for the Texas Secretary of State told TechCrunch in an email that certain data points like Social Security numbers are also excluded and the voter data cannot be used for commercial purposes like advertising. Anyway, it goes on to say a little bit more stuff, but you know what? The very fact... Look, let me just say this. The very fact that... <clears throat> Voter registration was breached. And this is what you guys got to understand if you don't. And, and you all probably do because you listen to me a lot. Identity theft isn't about getting your money. It's about getting your identity. And if they know enough about you, um, they can get your information anywhere. They need your name, your address. Oh, I'm a Republican. Okay, you could do this. Um, where you get your pizza People can, people can steal your identity by calling up where you get your pizza. I actually have covered a number of these stories over on my, my Facebook page that I have designated for Legal Shield. You know, um, I actually was on a call. I'm not going to say with who it was, but it was a good friend of mine. Just like right before here, I was on Marco Polo with her. And she was telling me that T-Mobile, she got this alert from T-Mobile. And then she ended up getting this charge from Lyft, which was from Florida. And she's in a different state, so she knew it wasn't her. And then she got another alert while we were actually talking, talking about this stuff. And she has, she has identity theft protection from some other agency, which apparently not helping a whole lot. Um, anyway, long story short, my point is, is you guys need to get protected, right? Because look... With ID Shield, you have it right there in the palm of your hand. You have the phone, you got your, your score, you can put in all that info and track it and it alerts you. But the difference between ID Shield and everything, everybody else, number one, you get a $5 million guarantee. LifeLock and the others who actually have been breached, um, they only offer up to a million dollars. Just a mere million people. Um, but with ID Shield, you get $5 million guarantee. And they also provide Kroll and private investigators to actually do the work for you. That's why it's important because, honestly, my friend, she's been on the phone. She told me, she said, I've been on the phone, like, all day trying to deal with this stuff. And going in and changing my passwords, I'm like, you know, the private investigators will take care of it. 
Yeah, it could have been just one phone call. Yeah. Any, it. Anyway, it's 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 hard, and this stuff just keeps happening. And so, first of all, if you already are an ID Shield member of mine, you're smart. I want to say thank you for doing that because, honestly, ten bucks a month to monitor like 65 pieces of material and to have it on the app where you can tap into it anytime and get your ID vault password that can protect stuff and monitor the dark web and your social media. You can't pay people 10 bucks to do other stuff. That's a lot of stuff that they're doing for 10 bucks. I cleared 21 alerts I got today on mine. (laughs) They're all social media, admittedly, but still. I had to go in. I got alerted 21 times that this is this is what the thing is. So, so if you're thinking about it, just stop thinking about it. Just sign up, okay? Just sign up with me. And then when you do, you get all these awesome perks too. It's gonna pay for your membership, easy. It will just totally pay for it. Um, so I just had to share that. And if you're in Texas, you definitely need to talk to me. I'm actually licensed to sell in Texas. Actually, I don't need to be licensed to sell ID Shield in Texas, but Legal Shield. And let me tell you why you should get Legal Shield if you don't already have it. In the event that, let's just say for sake of argument, you need a will, okay? Oh, yeah, you do. How many people get a will done? You need a will. You need to get your advance directive done so that in the event, God forbid, which he would not forbid because you, you know, he's going to call us all home at some point. But anyway. In the event that you die or you're incapacitated, you need an advanced directive so that people know what to do if you are out of it or in a coma or something. And don't think that it can't happen, man. It happens every day to people. What happens if your identity and all that is breached while you are in that situation and they try to tap into your money and all that and then you have this massive horrible situation going on because your identity was stolen and now you're incapacitated? You need to have stuff in order so that people know what to do, whether it's your kids, your grandkids, your husband, your spouse, your, your, your alternative partner, whatever you want to call it, domestic partner. You need to have something done. And I'm super passionate about this because, honestly, I am a defender. <laughs> Truth, justice, and the American way. I've always been a defender of the underdog and wanted to make sure that people, you know, are protected from evil. <laughs> So Legal Shield is just good to have, um, you know, just to have. In fact, one of the benefits to Legal Shield is the ticket issue. And I actually just found this out from, uh, from, from Vicky a couple of days ago that if you are driving your vehicle in another state, just as an example, and they take a picture, like say, how many of you have ever gotten a camera picture? You know, they, they send you a, a, a ticket and it was because you went through something, a camera took it. Do you know that those are illegal in most states? And also, are you aware that those tickets in some states, like California in particular, I know, uh, you don't have to pay those. And there's a little thing on there that says donation and most people don't read it and they actually pay the ticket. But aside from that, did you know that... Um, that you have the ability with your Legal Shield app to take a picture of that ticket, send it to your law firm, they look at it, they'll tell you what they can do. If you're out of state when that ticket takes place, that attorney will take care of that and they'll either go, they'll go to court for you so you don't have to miss work or whatever um, and they'll take care of it. In fact, Vicki was telling me that her and her husband had 
they were in Illinois, and he got a ticket for turning right on a light. Now, in California, where they live, that's the law. I mean, you can do that. I guess in Illinois, I guess it's not the law, but I don't know. Anyway, he was able to snap a ticket, a snack, take a picture of it with his apps, send it to the law firm, and they dealt with it. They took care of it. Uh, and I don't think they had to pay it because because it wasn't legit. So there's so many there's so many benefits to getting Legal Shield aside from the fact that you know you can use it for stuff like that. It's just really good to have in your back pocket. If you are somebody who is not aware of your perks, then by all means get in touch with me so I can show you your perks. You know, and don't think of it as oh my gosh, I, you know, you have to pay like a gazillion dollars. It's like 25 bucks a month for a family for Legal Shield. It's not a lot of money. And with identity theft for individual and Legal Shield, it's like 35 bucks a month. It's not a lot of money. Most people put out way more than that on a cup of coffee or going out to eat once, you know, two or three times a week. But this gives you a law firm and access to unlimited counsel and document review and and stuff and so i'm trying to change your mindset that you know what lawyers are not evil they're not of the devil they actually are there to help you and believe me you'll feel way more empowered i heard another story about a guy who uh i think he was in new york and he was going through a subway and he was a black man and he was going through a subway he slid his card to get through the the turnstile turnstile and a cop came up to him and said hey let me look at that. It looks like what you did was illegal. And that guy, of course, and I hate to say it, but black people are often targeted and it really irritates me because it's so not not good. But he had a backpack on him and the cop said, you know, you are, uh, you know, you're in trouble. And the guy being smart, you know, obviously he said, sir, you know, would you mind if I got my cell phone out of my backpack so I can call my lawyer? And the attorney and the cop said, uh, hold on, just, you know, okay, go ahead, do it cautiously. So he got his phone out. He showed it to the police officer. He pulled up his legal shield app. And right as he was getting ready to call his attorney, the cop said, you can go. Now, to that guy, that was worth his 25 bucks a month. Because God only knows if he didn't have legal shield and have an attorney right there on his palm, what that cop, who obviously was a scumbag cop, would have done, right? I mean, there are so many things that you can use legal shield for. Um, and you really should, just saying. Um, and identity theft protection. If you're not looking at the articles I look at every week or every every day, I look at I probably look at a hundred articles a week, easy, just on the stuff going on with this, and uh, that's why I know so many stories. I'm like, oh, yep, lift, <laughs> you know. So be proactive and, and do something to protect yourself. Like you know, the Bible says to be as wise as a serpent, to be innocent as a dove, you know, and all that. And Sylvia Sue Lynn, Lynn uh, just posted Aretha didn't have a will, and everything is a mess for her and her family. Yeah, I actually posted that article. Aretha Franklin left. $80 million behind with no will intact. And there's zero excuse. Can you imagine leaving an $80 million, like, estate 
and now everybody's going to be fighting over it and all that. I mean, that's insane. That's insane. If you're single, you still need a will. You need to get your advance directive taken care of. If you're married, you need it. If you're a college kid, you need it. Everybody needs a will, okay? And it's super easy to do. In fact, if you already got the membership, make sure you fill out your will this weekend and get it done. Stop putting it off, you know, because there's no reason for you to put it off. All right. All right, so that is that is my thing. By the way, you should just contact me. Just contact me directly. We'll get you all signed up. It takes like 10, 15 minutes tops. All right. So do you have Sandy's thing done yet? Uh, yes, I do. All right. So my sister-in-law-in-law actually uh, is an author, and she is excellent at what she does. She writes Christian romance. And uh, so this is her talking about her book and if any of you want to get it, it would be a super blessing to her. And I think you would actually really enjoy the book. So this is uh, Sandy talking about her book. Hi, this is Sandy Lane, author of The Christian Romance and Unexpected Woman. A favorite among my readers, this is a story about a man who has been disappointed in love, who meets an unexpected woman when he falls into her arms at lunch. Our hero is Mark Countryman, an associate pastor serving in southwest Florida. Hurricane Alley. He's about to turn 40 and has prayed for the Lord to wrap the divinely designated lady in a bow so he'd know it was her. Our heroine is Shelley Roberts, a spunky woman working in furniture repair. She's a practical gal who meets life with her eyes to heaven and a tool belt at her hip. I have had a reader say they wish they had a friend just like her. This is a romance between two people who love the Lord and are seeking to navigate their own relationship even as a powerful hurricane is approaching their area. I hope the story brings smiles to readers, as well as the reminder that God really is in charge, even during our storms. Between the wisdom we are given and the faith we cling to, there is always a way. Currently, this title is available as an ebook on Amazon for only $2.99. Check out my website at sandylane.com, S-A-N-D-I-L-A-Y-N-E.com, for other titles I have available in romance and historical fiction. Thank you. Okay, so there you have it. Go to sandylane.com. I don't, I couldn't hear any of that, so hopefully you could hear it. So that's S-A-N-D-I-L-A-Y-N-E.com. If you want a good, wholesome Christian romance, check out An Unexpected Woman, A Christian Romance by Sandy Lane. That's right. And uh, anyway, I think you'll enjoy it. You're back on, okay, you had a phone call. I don't know, something weird has happened on Periscope. It literally dropped to one person in the room, which is highly unusual. Usually we have hundreds of people over there. All right, so, Randall? That's me. me. What do you have to contribute to the news items of the day? Because this, well, this is a day that... Uh, the Lord is made. We, we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, we, we usually do that, so... <laughs> Um, that's pretty funny. That's often used to speak about today, but as I understand from the psalm, it's talking about uh, the day of of Messiah, of uh, Messiah's coming. You know, the the stone which the builders rejected, you know, has become the chief cornerstone. So the the reest or the establishment of his kingdom of Messiah, you know. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. But, but every day is a gift from God, and we should rejoice in it. I just don't think that's our proof text for it. Anyway, that that one was for free. But you know, uh, uh, 
I don't know, a week or two ago, we we, we were, I can say that, we were uh, covering how the SoCal Harvest ads were removed from Fashion Island. Right. That because it was, you know, so offensive to have a Bible on there, and then they revised it without the Bible, uh, the, the silhouette of a Bible. <laughs> And and then the uh, the Irvine company just said, well, no, forget it. We changed mind. Just take your money back. Here's your money back. We're not going to run your ad after all, because they they caved to the atheist complainers. And um, alleged atheist complainers. Alleged, but but we still. know it was them. I mean, ben, I don't know. Ben Glory's basically said that it was a tribute to Billy Graham the way that he was actually holding it because he had. You know, he was right, but but I mean, they've they've run ads with the Irvine company for decades and, and never problem. They didn't have a problem this time. They even put them up. They went to print and they put them all over. And then I wouldn't say alleged. I'm gonna guess that somebody actually did call them and complain. What's this Bible? What's this? Well, I we don't know for sure. It was an angry atheist, though. Well, it probably was, though. It was somebody. Somebody complained. We can I just wildly speculate. speculate. Yes. Like they did on Parks and Recreation. Yeah, let's wildly speculate. Well, I believe that somebody complained. Whether they were angry atheists or not, I don't know. But somebody complained, you know, which is why they said, okay, you know, maybe if we revise it, you know, take this image of what could be construed as a Bible off the ads. And they redid the artwork and resubmitted. And they were reprinted and reposted. And then... Reprinted... And reposted. Okay, I thought you said repented. I was no, reprinted and reposted. Re- okay, anyway, go on. So, and then it's like, well, no, you know, I guess the complaints continued. And it's like, you know, your kind is no longer welcome here. Sorry. At least they gave them their money back for advertising. And, you know, but and you think of all the money that's spent on reworking the artwork and, and um, the printing expense and all that. Anyway. So despite that, despite that CBN reporting that um, over the weekend, the the uh, you know the first weekend of the the, the crusade, that um, ten thousand turned to Christ at SoCal Harvest, four hundred twenty-five thousand joined in despite Bible billboard ban. That. Um, Amen, God. This article by Kayla Root said more than 10,000 people made professions of faith during Pastor Greg Glory's SoCal Harvest event over the weekend. Uh, the three-day event was held at Angel Stadium in Anaheim, California and drew in nearly 100,000 people. And Harvest Crusade reports that another 325,000 turned tuned in online via simulcast and Facebook Live. Yep. Um, Thank that, devil. Anyway, yeah. I won't read the rest of the article, but... Um, Devil knows his time is short. That's cool, yeah. So, way more people than would have seen the the ad at Fashion Island watched the crusade. Either they were there in live, 100,000 people there, and 325,000 watching online. So, yeah. Uh, pretty great stats there. And all... Uh, what? Go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. All right. I'm going to say, and also since uh, we're about Bible news, um, uh, The Guardian has an article about a rare medieval Bible uh, being returned to the Canterbury Library, or Canterbury Cathedral anyway. Cool. Um, after about 500 years. 
Um, the 13th century Bible, one of a handful of books which survived intact from the library of Canterbury Cathedral, was broken up at the time of the Reformation, is back in the building after almost 500 years. Uh, the Ligfield Bible, named for a monk at the cathedral who once owned it, is the only complete Bible and the finest illuminated book known to have survived from the medieval collection. Uh, the cathedral won a grant of almost 96,000 pounds from the National Heritage Memorial Fund and raised 4,000 pounds more to buy it at a recent rare book sale in uh, London. The library of some 30,000 volumes was once one of the greatest treasures of the cathedral, but when the monastic community was broken up by Henry the Eighth in the 16th century, the books were scattered. Uh, within the library's holdings today, only 30 books are known to survive from the original collection, but the reconstructed librarian archives, which includes documents dating back to the 9th century, has been inscribed on the UNESCO UK Memory of the World uh, Register. And, um, anyway, so on and so forth, but this book, uh, this Bible is pocket-sized. Wow. Po and, so pocket and may have been uh, saved uh, when others were ripped apart for precious bindings uh, or beautiful illuminations. Um, that was a, a different sort of, well, they say Reformation, but when the Church of, oh, I didn't put me on, uh, <laughs> But when the Church of England broke from the Catholic Church uh, during the time of Henry VIII, it wasn't like the it wasn't like the uh, Reformation of um, you know Luther's day. It was it was because, as I recall correctly, I wasn't alive in the 16th century, but I recall it was because Henry VIII wanted to divorce, and and the Church wouldn't allow it, so. Uh, the Church of England became its own church that would allow the king to divorce. But apparently part of the fallout of there was um, kind of dismantling uh, this cathedral's uh, library and, and some of its books getting destroyed, which is, which is um, tragic, you know. Um, true religious intolerance within the greater umbrella of Christendom. Anyway, so it's it's good to see this. So did did you see the other story? The Bible is the Bible isn't offensive. It's the preachers, preachers who throwing it around who are. Yeah, I saw that article. So this is over on the Los Angeles Times, LA Times, right? That's part of the vast right wing conspiracy. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, the LA Times uh, ran uh, an article, Why is the Bible so offensive? by Pastor Greg Laurie. Remember, Greg is evil because of the Harvest Crusade and he's a pastor, but blah, blah. Anyway, so this article, which was posted this morning at 4 a.m., uh, is actually letters to the editor in response to that article that we mentioned earlier in the week that Greg wrote, Why is the Bible so offensive? Listen to some of the responses. It's very interesting. It says here, Laurie is quite intelligent, so surely he knows that the Bible itself is not offensive. Rather, it's the attitudes and behaviors of those who wield the Bible as a weapon that bother people. Actually, the person that wrote that is wrong because the Bible says that Jesus is the rock of offense, just so you know. So Jesus offends people by his very presence. He irritates people. He offends people. So that guy clearly doesn't know the Bible, but... In anyway. word or in spirit. Yeah. 
Alex Hart wrote this in Santa Ana. Anyway, Alex writes, Seeing a billboard of an evangelical pastor holding a Bible above his head isn't offensive to me, but what is sometimes preached by these men could very well be offensive. What I find offensive are the people who try to impose their religious beliefs on me or judge me because of who I am. So in answer to Lori's question, there's nothing offensive about the Bible. It's those who use it to discriminate, judge, and malign whom we find offensive. Now, what's interesting to me, though, about that is Alex Hart needs some lessons in logic. First of all, (laughs) don't ever forget this. Usually when somebody says this type of stuff, what they mean is that they can be discriminatory against you because they make discriminatory comments just like that one, right? And they don't go... They don't realize that that one finger pointing at you, there's three more fingers pointing back to use that old stupid adage. It's true though, right? It's just like, well, don't shove your religious beliefs down my throat. Let me have mine. And you know, who are you to legislate morality? <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. If Okay, you're saying I'm intolerant, but aren't you intolerant by telling me that I'm intolerant? I mean, you know what I mean? That's just, you know. Anyway. They anyway, it's interesting that he uses the um, phrase, you know, try to impose a religious belief on me or judge me because of who I am. Right. He's probably gay. That's what I'm thinking. He's probably a gay activist who doesn't, you know, want to. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's another story we got to share too, but. Yeah, I guess who 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 we are as born sinners um, naturally separated uh, from the grace of God. And you, and you know what really gets me, though? I, I'm just going to vent right here just for a second. That is evidenced by what we do. What really gets me is that people who judge Christians based on what they see on TV, uh, they're actually judging real Christians based on televangelists, which many of them are scumbags and they're pr- prosperity gospel blab it and grab it you know they lie through their teeth type heretics and uh they are people who don't really know the gospel at all when you actually have real believers who are the ones who donate to the poor who are taking care of the homeless the widows who are protecting innocent babies who are trying to stop pornography who are trying to halt the gay agenda in the world You know, you have real believers who are taking it on the chops doing that, who are the real prayer warriors, who are the people who really know the Bible, who are the people who would be there in a heartbeat for you. But because you have hucksters online and on Periscope and on TV, I'll just say that, you know, who are out there lying through their stinking teeth because all they give a crap about is money. Okay, just saying That's all they care about. And you know what? I have a place to vent because I've been doing this for 14 years, uh, sharing the gospel, making virtually no money at it. And I have to say that one of the biggest and most annoying things that I have to deal with is that exact stereotype, you know, because it's like uh, people who like, and there's people on Periscope and live streaming. I have seen these guys do this. They'll go, first of all, they'll get on there and they'll worship, right? And I'm putting that in quotes. They're like, oh, and they're do all this stuff, and ah, they're praying, you know, and then they'll go, the Lord told me there's somebody in my audience who can give me $3,000. There's three of you. And, and then there's people that are like going, oh, my gosh, yeah, oh, that's me. And then they go, and they 
they go to PayPal and don't give them the money. And, and some of these scumbags are still on Periscope. And I can tell you that some of them have left Periscope and other places. But it's like so irritating. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, for crying out loud. I mean, that's, it's, if you read your Bible, you would know how unbiblical that actually is. But it, so it's that type of stereotype that unfortunately biblical Christians have to deal with that baloney. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it just is so, it's so annoying. Anyway, so this letter goes on to say, though, listen to this. To other the, writers. Yeah. yeah, the other writers. So this one is from Sarah Williams, who lives in Santa Barbara. She wrote to the editor, Lori's pious defense of the Bible abounds with what I'd call straw atheist contentions. No, Reverend Lori, you needn't tiptoe around this non-believer. I don't find the Bible to be any more or less offensive than, say, the Church of Scientology's sacred tomes. Uh, so long as a religion's holy text isn't forced on non-believers, there's no problem. Too often, however, Bible lovers seem intent on filling public places with sacred scriptures as if Christianity rates preference in our supposedly secular governance. In my view, no writing is more sacred than the Constitution. As originally enacted, it touches on religion only in its final substantive paragraph. It prohibits imposing any religious tests as a qualification for public office and allows the secular affirmation to swear in any office holder. Myself, I find inspiration in how our nation's founders tiptoed around the subject of religion. Well, <laughs> I think it's interesting that she uh, clearly doesn't understand the religion of the founders that wrote the Constitution. But anyway, what do you think about that? Um. Well, it's good to know that she's familiar with the Constitution. Yeah, and, there's lots of people that aren't, so. Yeah, and she is correct, because the Bill of Rights is a separate, you know, it's there are amendments to the Constitution. Yep. But in the body of the Constitution, true, the last thing to mention religion is that no religious test, you know, shall be imposed as a, as a qualification public office. And by extrapolation, it does allow for a secular affirmation because it says no religious test and so you know as if that were that were um you know the the totality the totality that's what i'm going with that as if that were the totality of anything our our founders had concerning religion is oh we just better put this thing in there about no religious task we don't want any religion in the government and let's let's all sign this in the year of our lord <laughs> you know 1789 um you know so i guess if you want to get you know technical sort of the last uh reference to religion is when they dated it in the year of our lord um, but you know, it is interesting. technicalities. But it is interesting that you know the very first amendment that says you know okay this this deals with the the limitations of government, limitations and the limits to the powers of government. Uh, that was if you read the Constitution and you know as a whole, what it is, it's limiting. It does set up the structure, the three branches, you know, executive and, you know, legislative and judicial, 
but the primary bulk of it is limiting each of those powers, what the limits are in that, because uh, they're all about limited government, and they mention, yes, and one of those limits is there shouldn't be any religious test. You shouldn't have to be a Catholic to, you know, or belong to the Methodist, you know, denomination to hold this office, whatever. There's going to be no religious test. But after writing all about the limitations of the government, then it came up, hey, we need to, well, that limits powers of government. We need to make sure that we um, codify the rights of the governed. And so, and that's why those first ten amendments were, uh, you know, part and parcel uh, before, you know, really before they left the Constitutional Convention to add those first ten amendments, the Bill of Rights. Okay, we dealt with the government. We want to make sure certain uh, things are protected. And, of course, the very first thing they wanted to include uh, was the freedom of religion and freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Um, and so, yeah, it's... To, to kind of, you know, she says, you know, supposedly secular governance. It's, yeah, well, it, I'd say supposedly for sure. Uh, and just that, and no, you know, it mentions no religious test. But it's pretty clear if you look at, um, you know, the uh, the minutes from the Constitution Convention and, you know, all that sort of stuff, Federalist Papers leading up to that, and just the mindset of the framers that they weren't advocating a secular government by offering no religious test. Uh, you know, they weren't trying to scrub it squeaky clean of anything that could be offensive at any level because it mentioned religion. Um, anyway, which is clear by again. Okay. So let's, let me read other. the last. All right. Uh, this is another letter to the editor uh, at the LA Times. It says, Laurie, referring to Greg Laurie, feels those who complained about billboards for his Southern California Harvest event that prominently featured a Bible are intolerant. My guess is that people complained out of fear, not intolerance. Laurie cites people whose belief in the Bible prompted them to do great things. He overlooks others who use their belief in the Bible to justify slavery and persecution. Again, ignorance there. I know that I'm not alone in being bothered by the fact that under religious liberty laws, a person can be denied service or benefits based on someone else's cherry-picking a Bible versus that Sarah Schmidhauser, Goleta, California, who's clearly ignorant uh, in her opinion, because uh, those are homosexual talking points right there, completely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they are. I wouldn't say... First of all, wait, 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 wait. Harvest Crusade has advertised for 29 years. And in 29 years, to my knowledge, there's never been one incidence of violence from anybody at the Harvest Crusade or anything. So that's just BS if I ever heard it. Just saying. And they didn't preach, never preach persecution or slavery. And I would say in the past, uh, scriptures have been used to justify slavery and persecution. But it wasn't belief in the Bible, I don't think. Certainly not belief in the God of the Bible. It was... It was trying to be culturally relevant, relevant and and persuasive uh, to those who do respect the scriptures. Uh, but to say, oh, it's out of, out of fear of intolerance that, oh yeah, we live in a day that any time 
and with these wacko Christian nut jobs are going are gonna to institute slavery or, you know, persecution, you know, because we're in such a danger of the religious right creating theocracy and, um, you know, squashing unbelievers as Christianity has, has historically done, used religion as a cloak for um, totalitarianism. Not, yeah. I, I don't think it's out of fear. No. That people objected. No. <gasps> the scary Bible. Well, maybe out of fear, a fear of coming to the light, lest their deeds be exposed. That could be. Yep. Well, but that's more of a hatred than a fear. Yeah. In my opinion, this is proof of the spiritual warfare that we're all in, mm. right? And which is why you should be memorizing the Bible. Um, and I'm just saying that for myself as well. You know what? Because there may be a time when the Bible is banned in America. If you don't think so. Um, I can tell you that with this passing of the assembly bill in California, that's banning anybody that can help anybody with, um, you know, with unwanted same sex attraction. That's the tipping. That's, that's the tip of the iceberg. And all the lawyers there who have actually evaluated that piece of legislation that the flaming liberal socialist Marxists in California are passing against the will of the people, um, have already said that that's, that's part of it right there. So you began to ban free speech for some, then pretty soon there's going to be free speech for nobody. And the fact that people will go out of their way to approve of something that God calls an abomination, right? And to validate something that God calls an abomination tells you how well the deception of the enemy has been in marketing evil. And, you know, that's why every day, you know, every week now, I'm going to be going through this book, After the Ball, uh, How America Will Conquer Its Fear and Hatred of Gays in the 1990s. I am going to be doing some handouts with the quotes that I've been taking and putting in, in the presentations on this. You can go to my YouTube channel. I got those three stories on a specific playlist. Actually, I think I need to put the last one on there. But th these shows are extremely important for you to understand what we're up against because until I can educate the church about what's happened and actually get some of the some people in the church to actually believe me <laughs> like this is what really happened this is the playbook they used and they did it you know then we're not going to be able to wake up a whole lot of people we got to wake up the church first Right. And frankly, a lot of the church is asleep, as Keith Green would say years ago in that song, asleep in the light. They're asleep in the light. They are not actually in the God's word enough to know when it's being misquoted, number one. And number two, they don't understand the reality of spiritual warfare and that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he will devour. And if you don't think that the devil is out to destroy you and your family and your heritage, think again, because he doesn't like you. Anyway, so, but I also have to say, on the upside, <laughs> that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world, and that Jesus conquered death, he rose from the dead, he's the only God that claimed to be God that actually proved it by coming back from the dead, and he is coming back again, people. That's right. And you know what? He is coming on a white horse. And I'm going to tell you something. You, you ever want a knight in shining, shining armor riding on a white horse? It's him. He is coming back. He's going to get his people. 
And if he doesn't come back with you here, we're going to be caught up in the air. And together we will be with him forever. And if people think it's hell on earth now, just saying. When we're out of here, when the church is gone, when the Holy Spirit is gone, the restrainer of all this evil, then people will really know what hell is and intolerance is. Because there's going to come a point when the Antichrist will come to power. And a lot of people myself included, actually believe that that man, the son of perdition, is currently living on earth today. And I believe it for many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons I believe it is because of the nation of Israel and, um, and where Israel is. I mean, Israel is, the, is the, that, the time clock. I mean, he is, Israel is to be watched and to be looked at, which is why I'm going to bring this up and then I think we need to get our shows almost over. If you guys love what we do and you watch us all the time. I don't care if you're, if you're somebody who just, just done, you know, fell into the show and you've never seen it. I don't want you to donate to us, but if you're somebody who watches us all the time, then donate some money to us so I can get to that prophecy conference so that I can be interviewing all those people without the extra burden. Okay. Bob Ulrich, Gary Stearman actually invited us again to come back a second time because he respects what we do here at Bible News Radio. And he knows that even though we're this little ministry compared to everybody else, he values what we do. So help pay our way to get there so that we don't have the extra burden. I'm going to be interviewing 32 speakers, hopefully all of them, um, which will all give you some biblical stuff that, frankly, you're not going to get. You're not going to get it in your church, and you're not going to get it anywhere else unless you're actually following all these people, okay? So we need you to help us with that. Uh, The conference is in October, um, and so we need the money hopefully before then, okay? Uh, Also, if you want to be a pillar of our community and just donate to us that way, please do so. And if you want to say, hey, this month, put it towards that, then we'll do that. Okay, we'll just do that. Right now, I think I've had $100 donated toward that. We need about $1,400 bu- uh, towards that. So also, if you know somebody who wants to sponsor our show in any way, let us know. We'll get in touch with them. Um, and of course, Ariel Ministries, they do help underwrite our show. So of course, you can save money uh, by going to ariel.org using the coupon code Bible News and all that. And look, I get it. Everybody's strapped for money and everything. But trust me, Randall and me are probably strapped way more than most of you are. (laughs) Just saying. Uh, Go uh, to ariel.org. Use the coupon code Bible News to buy anything on the website. And, of course, you can go to our website, biblenewsradio.com. Go to the resources page, and you can see some of the suggested things that we actually have posted there. And also, did you change the link for the store yet on there? Uh, yes, I did. And, okay. So my friend Cheryl and her friend Bev came and they visited uh, me, which was totally awesome. And I'm going to hopefully, Lord willing, get them on the air to share their powerful testimonies. But um, when they were here, I gave them my Bible News Radio coffee cups, my sweet and lovable one, and my um, Be Bold, Stand Up and Go With God one, because that's what I did. So that got me to update uh, the gallery of where you can buy stuff with us. Uh, with our stuff on it if you want to be bold stand up and go with god coffee cup or sweet and lovable one you can get that stuff on a shirt or any of the other items there on that website if you click the store link at shop shop okay click the shop link then you guys can get a t-shirt you can get a coffee cup or whatever it is you want to get one of those things on there um, and we'll get like skateboard underwear yeah, we'll get something <laughs> like four bucks or something so, i mean it's really minimal what we get 
but it's still, you know, a little extra money that would go into our pocket because gallery does all the printing, the shipping, all that stuff. But, you know, you're going to pay whatever it is you're going to pay for the product and just know we'll get like $4 or something for it. Um, so if you want any Bible News Radio gear or T-shirt or anything like that, then then uh, you, you guys can do that. And I don't push that a whole lot, but, you know, every time somebody comes to my house, they get my cups. <laughs> so I actually bought some new ones. <laughs> so whoever comes next will probably get one of those. But anyway... Um, so that's just another way you can support the show. All right. And with Legal Shield, if you want to join that, like I said, get in touch with me. I can answer your questions and help you out there as well. All right. Do you have any other things, Bareface, that you want to say? Do you know, does anybody have any Not comments in the, in the chat room? I know that, the I know that, uh, the repeat sex bots have been in the whole show. Uh, so it's been pretty, it's very annoying actually. I wish Periscope could just deal with this. It's getting really old to spend half the show blocking repeat and sex bots. It's very irritating. Yeah, it is. So, anyway, um, thank you guys for tuning in. I guess, are you going to do Weekends in the Word this weekend? Uh, That's my plan. All right. So, we will go ahead and text you when those are going to happen. So, if you're not on our text email list yet, please text Bible News to 33222 or just message me and I can put you on there too. Just give me your phone number and you'll get those text messages right to your phone and nobody can block it. All right, so we will do that. All right, I guess that's it. So thank you guys for tuning in and the fact that you did with all of the social media giants blocking you is a miracle. (laughs) So I really appreciate it. And so I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you all coming in, supporting the show. And as I always say, unless I forget, be bold, people. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. And be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. Because if you don't, who will? Right? God has called you for such a time as this. And like the book of Nehemiah talks about, you know what? It's our job to defend our families and to make sure that Our faith is protected. So, you know, go for it. Be brave and do it. All right. And I will see you on Monday, if not sooner. And Lord willing, Randall will see you tomorrow for weekends in the word with him. Okay. Ow.